the Football Mental Health Alliance podcast, a mental health podcast for grassroots football. Our aim, to boldly delve into the intersection of mental health and football. We feature notable experts and ex-pros who are not afraid to share their wisdom and personal journeys with mental health. Welcome to the Football Mental Health Alliance podcast. I'm Danny Mathrew, your host. Uh, in this episode, I discuss and speak with Debbie McGough, who is a grassroots parent and a parent of two neurodiverse boys. Uh, it's estimated that one in five people have some form of ADHD or neurodiversity. And in this episode, Debbie reveals what neurodiversity is and explains what ADHD and ASD are, as well as how medication works. Um, it's quite an upsetting episode, some of the things that Debbie and her lads have experienced through ignorance around neurodiverse conditions. Debbie got in touch with me through Facebook after seeing you know, posts about the vault and the Football Mental Health Alliance and Debbie signed up, saw what was in there and just said thank you for what we'd put in there and we had a bit of a conversation and I led to understand what she'd done and what her lads had done and that she was a grassroots parent living with uh, you know boys with neurodiverse conditions and uh, some of the stuff she's heard is, is awful and some of the things she had to go through is awful but she's a resilient lady, her boys are resilient and it's a really really powerful discussion about neurodiversity and grassroots football and how for those of for those of us who don't have experience with neurodiversity, this episode will open your eyes to how we all need to be more understanding, less judgmental and ultimately more kind to situations and conditions we don't understand. Thanks, Debbie. Right, Debbie. So um, just give us, can you just give us a bit of background about yourself, the situation, you know, what your lads do, what ages they are, you know, can you give us a feel for, you know, where you are at the minute? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm Debbie, obviously. I, I have two boys. Um, one is 16, nearly, and the other is nearly 11. They both suffer ADHD and ASD. Um, Joseph, the elder one, is, he suffers oppositional defiance disorder, Tourette's, depression, anxiety. Um, they both attend specialist education. Um, Joseph didn't school for the first five years. Um, just because mainstream couldn't, they couldn't handle him. Obviously, he was quite, he was quite, he, he wouldn't mind me telling you, he was horrific <laughs> um, to the point where he caused thousands of pounds worth of damage to the school. So he had to be expelled to, to get into to a mainstream school. Um, so obviously for five years, I think in total, he schooled for three days in the first five years of his school career. He then found his specialist school, um, which he's never had a day off from. Absolutely amazing. But in in this, the reason I, I kind of what's it? This is um, within this, he still managed to play football, and yeah. football was his safe safe place. Is is kind of um, is release, if you like, from from life for that for that you know ninety minutes or however long that's his his bubble, um, and always going wonderfully doing really well and then the ADHD started creeping up the oppositional defiance started creeping up you know ref makes a decision 
Joe didn't like the decision and we have an explosion. Yeah. Um, what age did this? What age did you start seeing this? And just can you just briefly break down for us what ASD is and what oppositional defiance is, please? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of knew with Joseph from being. I mean, Joseph is my third child, so I have four children in total and a granddaughter. Um, so Joseph is my third child. So I knew, literally, you know, you have the, the terrible twos, so to speak. I had the terrible twos from about six months old, right, right through. I, I knew, I knew that there was that something wasn't, you know, it wasn't right. Something different. Yeah. 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 He was late on some of his milestones. Um, his, his speech was late. Um, physically, his milestones were, were, were on point but his other his other milestones his speech um kind of you know interacting with others things like that they they were all very very late um I raised it with the health visitor when he was kind of about one and a half was told no you know never let anybody define by age or everybody every child mm. is different but as a mum you know when something isn't yeah. right and I knew um eventually obviously school was so bad that we 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 kind of fast tracked our way through into cams, and we had to go further afield than than normal to see a, a, a psychiatrist specialist. Yeah. Um, who then, within five seconds of meeting Joseph, was like, "Right, this is the this is the situation." Um, he's definitely ADHD. He's definitely ASD, and he's definitely oppositional defiance disorder. And I was really kind of like, oh, "That's really blown my mind. What mm. are all these things?" Sounds so, scary. Yeah, very, very scary to be told that you, when you know there's something wrong with your child, but you actually get what's wrong with them mm. and, and you're told it's more than one thing. And mm. the problem being that certain things will exacerbate other things. So yeah. like ASD is, is autistic spectrum disorder. Joseph is very low on the, the spectrum. The spectrum is is huge. The spectrum is absolutely massive. So you go from somebody who, a bit like myself, um, and probably do need to explain that actually, I'm not very good with, you probably noticed, I'm not very good with eye contact because I've recently been diagnosed ADHD with mild ASD so my eyes will right. wander off it's not that I'm rude it's just no, that yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I struggle with it a bit um so ASD is kind of you, you have your really mild ones like like myself um who kind of like they're not very good with eye contact and and that mm. kind of thing um to the obviously the really severe ones are non-verbal they can't communicate yeah. um you know and, ev and everything in between and Joseph is is probably mild you know mm. kind of in the middle um, mild to, to to moderate ASD um, and then obviously you know you don't really know if you didn't know you wouldn't know to look at yeah. him other than the fact he doesn't make eye contact really yeah. um, and it is it the, the thing with autistics as well people are very uh, aut autism's got a, a bit of a stigma mm. um, and it is very much people um, think that children with autistic autism are either extremely clever in certain areas or the 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 thick yeah and honestly then it's neither of those things they have mm. their niche all autistics have their niche but everybody has a niche of what they're good at because if mm. we were all good at the same thing yeah. we'd all be doing the same yeah. job and that's how just I, people I, are. they're just people exactly. Debbie, aren't they you know that's it exactly. yeah yeah 
Um, so Joseph's thing is the transfer windows, um, where they've come from, where they've gone to, what number they play in, how much, you know, uh, and then all the sats about the team and all the sats about the, the, the ground. He knows, you know, we travel up and down the country. We follow Stoke home and away, we do. And right. he'll tell you exactly everything about the ground, how many, how many seats, what the the dimensions of it, absolutely everything. That's autism. That is autism in a nutshell. Well, my, my, it's funny, right? Because I, I, as growing up, I was obsessed with football. My yeah. lad now, Jude, 11. He'll, he'll like, we'll watch it, we're watching football. And he'll then recount to me, the score, who scored, what time yeah. they scored, where yeah. they scored, from a yeah. game three years ago. Yeah, and I'm like, he said, do you remember that, Dad? I, I said, no, Jude, I don't. And, and like I said, I thought I were obsessed with football, Jude. He says, yeah, yeah, so-and-so scored. Do you remember, top corner, and, uh, you know, so-and-so passed to him. And, and remember, commentator said, and I'm like, yeah. no. And, yeah. like, that has really struck a chord with me. Now, that is exactly, Joe. we'll be sitting on the buses, say, we're going wherever, like Saturday is Norwich away. So we'll be on the bus going to Norwich away and Joe will have every single fact in his mind ready and we'll be driving along and we're normally on the same coach. And, yeah. you know, the people will say, come on then, Joe, give us your facts. When was the last time we played? What was it? And, and he'll even tell you a game from 1975. Yeah. He wasn't born until <laughs> 2007, but he knows <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that, in a nutshell, is autism. Yeah. And it so, literally is autism. So what's oppositional defiance? <laughs> is it the oppositional defiance disorder? Disorder, yeah. Can, can I just say before you start, I detest the word disorder. I, I hate don't it. Like it either. I hate I it. Don't. ADHD, disorder, disorder. Yeah. I, 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 I hate it. It's, it's just yeah. wrong. It's just... It's, it, it's like the, it's it's like literally labelling people. You've got something yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's, I hate it, but yeah. and that's you know. So we'll just call it oppositional defiance. So what is it? I just, I just call it odd. Yeah. yeah nice <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. So what what is odd then? It's, it's well, I remember saying to Joseph, not only have you got ADHD, you're odd as well. Like you know, we made a bit of a joke of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the word disorder. I don't. I don't. So I do tend to to do oppositional defiance or ODD or odd. Um, but it is literally what it says on the tin. Right. That a child is oppositional. So they and it's hard because a child that like Joe that's oppositional. Um, for for want of a better, the easiest way for me to describe it is they don't like the truth. Right. So when they've done something wrong. And you say, you did that and, you know, this is the situation and this is why we need to, you know, kind of talk about it. They will be absolutely 100% will push against anything that you try and put into to place. So they become oppositional. Yeah. So, so say, I don't know, Joseph, in all fairness, I'll, I'll be nothing but straight with you. Um, Joseph's put his head straight through my living room when my, my living room door. Sorry, so I've got a nice big hole in my living room door at the minute. Yeah. And that was when I said to him, "Look what you've done! Like, what what have you done that for? What what was the need to yeah. to do that? Do you feel better for it?" I haven't done it. I haven't. I said, "Well, it needs fixing." Well, I'm not fixing it. It's not my fault, is it? You made me like that. Yeah. And then they get defiant, and then they get op oppositional. Yeah. And it is literally that's how they kind of go 
go through life. Yeah. So you say that's black, they'll tell you it's white, whether it is yeah. or not, just yeah. because that's yeah. how yeah. it works. Yeah, that's how the brain works. So everything is very... Um, they almost come across to other people that don't understand, again, the ODD. They, they, they come across almost, again, a child that's really, you know, arrogant. Yeah. Arrogant yeah. and ignorant yeah. and naughty. Yeah. And then none of those things, they just can't help the way that they're wired. And, and it's kind of you have to kind of talk to them in a different way. So raising a child with ASD is difficult. Raising a child with ADHD is difficult. Throw the defiance and the opposition in the mix as well. And it's yeah. mind-blowing, yeah. absolutely mind-blowing. But this in football can be a problem. Right, right. <laughs> because, because also when they are ASD, ADHD, and even ODD to a point, they are very honest. They can't lie. They don't have the ability yeah. to tell a lie. Yeah. They can try, but yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. You don't have the ability to to lie. It's it's just not there. Um, they just they just can't do it. So when something has happened, like in football with Joseph, there's been a decision made that's been in front of him, and the decision has been made. He doesn't agree with the decision because he's seen actually what's happened, and the referee is like, no, no, you know, a handball for argument's yeah. sake. Joe's seen it's a ham. It's it's not a handball. The ref sees it as a handball, it goes for a penalty, with Joe being a goalkeeper, it goes for a penalty. Joseph knows it's not a handball, but instead of just taking the decision, mm. he's up, well, that's not right. fair, because actually what you're doing is wrong. So he becomes oppositional, then he yeah. becomes defiant, because yeah. he knows in his mind that wasn't a handball. Yeah. But now you've given a penalty, and if that penalty goes there, and he's he's wearing the situation mm. over in his mind. So then instead yeah. of just... He keeps replaying in his head. Yeah. So then instead of take, just taking the, 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 as we all say, play to the whistle mm. and play to, play to the ref, no, he won't, because that's not right. Yeah. Or if something goes against him, that's not right. But then yeah. when he's told to put up and shut up, mm. again... Up like a bottle of pop. It's it's so difficult. So, so is there a big is there a big like sense of wrong and right then in in it? You know, and and, and yeah. is is that what it is? And and is it so? You know, it, it's a, I'm trying to think of the term because I've read about this and it's like you know there's a big sense of it's either one side or it's the other. And if it's and if yeah. it's not that side, then it's wrong. And if yeah. it's not, yeah, is and is that what sort of drives him? Yeah, yeah. So then that makes him then become very oppositional, very defiant. And then, like I say, on the flip side of it, when he actually is, he is in the wrong. Yeah. He doesn't like being in the wrong. Yeah. So then he becomes oppositional and defiant again. Yeah. So yeah. It, it must be for a child to live that way and have that wearing in the mind. Mm, it, yeah. must just, it must be hell on earth. It yeah. must, must be. Must be. It must be exhausting as well, mustn't it? It must be exhausting. It must because the, the 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 brain must like you know. I I always like sort of in, I always like sort of to me look at it like a processor in a computer. You know, you've got your laptop on or whatever, and then yeah. when it starts working hard, the fan comes on, doesn't it, to cool it down. Yeah. And I think you know people people that are living with these types of conditions their metaphorical fan must be on all the time because the processor yeah. must be going ten to the dozen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the thing is, as well, then you've got the ADHD brain, which for, to, to break it down pretty easily, obviously, both my boys take medication, which is a right. big life saver um, for, for them because they are quite ADHD. <laughs> Um, but the, the ADHD brain, once I liken it to a cog, cogs, set of cogs, they have to work in unison. So you have to have a bigger cog and a smaller cog, and the smaller cog works a lot harder yeah. than the bigger cog. Well, unfortunately, in the ADHD brain, the bigger cog would go slower, wouldn't it? And in real yeah. life, the bigger cog would go slower, the smaller cog would go faster. Yeah. In the ADHD brain, they're both working at the same rate. So you've got the bigger cog going round, you've got the smaller cog going round, and that smaller cog, that bigger cog needs to slow down to in order for everything to work properly. Yeah. So that's what the medication does. It slows the bigger cog yeah. down so the smaller cog, so that it can, right. it can work, work properly. It's, it's, I, I tried to look at different ways to kind of describe the ADHD brain, and there just isn't. That's, that's how the psychiatrist explained right. it to me. Um, and that kind of stuck with me because mm. I could see where she was coming from. She was like, it's like the pedals on a, on a wheel, like we, the chain goes round. The bigger cog moves at a slightly slower pace than the smaller one. And that to, it works properly. Yeah. Whereas in the ADHD brain, they're both going too fast. Yeah. So it just brings it into the where they, into unison where they need to be. But um, obviously, you know, with, with ADHD, as you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's another one out there on its own as well so so what um what challenges have, have you and your sons faced while you know while playing grassroots football you know wow. <laughs> you know to give us some examples of what you know I, what I wanted what I'd love to do with this is is like when when before we kicked off I think like when you when you're not aware of these types of conditions and you see individuals of all ages kids adults boys girls whatever you know showing signs of these conditions when you're not aware of them it's easy to think oh blood that kid's kicking off calm down ill behave sort your kid out that's what the thing that i think you know as human beings unfortunately we do judge don't we yeah and yeah. And, and what i want to do with this is is like when you start learning about these conditions and, and how it impacts people you, you then it's human nature then to be a bit more understanding and less judgmental and be kind and and what I want to do if one person listens to this and listens to what you're talking about and then doesn't judge someone we've done our job so yeah. you know what 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 type of what what you know what challenges have you faced then we, you know when when Joe first started playing like I say he didn't school so his his football was his, his outlet and he started playing around the age of five or six. I mean, I always joke and say he wore gloves before he could walk. Mm. He's always been a keeper. He's always been a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, gravitated to it. And 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 in all fairness, a, a mighty fine goalkeeper as well. Um, so he started about the age of five or six. Um, it, it, he went down to trial and then it split into two teams because there was loads of kids wanting to play, which is wonderful. So it split yeah. into two teams and he went into one team, went into another team. And he was doing really well. But before this, he hadn't got a diagnosis. Joseph hadn't been diagnosed till he was eight years old. He didn't get a diagnosis or a, um, any medication help or yeah. anything till he was eight years old. So he really struggled. Um, but what we did notice when he was in goal is, is hyper-focus. Obviously, ADHD yeah. is hyper-focus. So, which was wonderful for the first kind of two or three 
two or three matches we were like wow this is this is him this is where he needs to be and then obviously things started progressing so we obviously then started noticing some of the ticks because Joseph also has Tourette's so we started noticing some of the ticks and unfortunately Joseph has vocal ticks and we all know what vocal ticks can mean mm. they know words that no six-year-old should ever yeah. know and where they know them from I don't know but they, they just know them and the parents I found were the biggest issue in terms of Joseph being able to play so we we tended to have a lot of um I don't want my son around that it was never you know I don't want my son around Joe or I don't want my son around him or you know the behaviors or even trying to even understand anything mm. it was just literally I don't want my son around that then you've got the opposition parents have you heard that keeper? Have you heard him? Have you heard what's coming out of his mouth? He's not normal is another one I used to hear a lot of. He shouldn't be playing with normal children. He should be on a team for children with disabilities or children that can't behave. Or, you know, the other one, one of my particular favourites was he should be in a borstal for naughty boys. That was another one. Because Joseph is, not is, was very violent as well but not violent to other children just he would outburst and he would yeah. he's broken hand numerous times on the the goal post he would kick he would sit down he would he would try and regulate himself and as a child of six not understanding himself mm. let alone what's going on up here he was really struggling and the coaches had literally zero idea how to handle him the referees had zero idea because, in all fairness, a lot of the referees were younger refs. Yeah. So they they kids themselves. Yeah. They have no idea. Um. So you've literally just got a load of parents on the sidelines, literally, and and the parents in the team knew that Joseph had got issues, but they they just weren't they mm. they weren't very happy about it, and it was literally come down to the wire that either Joe goes or they do. And unfortunately, um, after kind of a season, Joseph was released from that team. Yeah. Um, he was picked up really quickly from another team. We actually played a friendly against who took him on. He understood, which mm. was wonderful. They understood all the ADHD and, and everything. Um, and the Tourette's, absolutely brilliant. And he played for them for three seasons. And then, unfortunately, the team folded um, due to other commitments. So... He ended up going back into the other club, the uh, locally, the other club, um, and that team picked him up again because by this point he's got a diagnosis, he's on medication, he's mm. totally different child. It's getting a bit more of a buzzword around everywhere, and it looked good. This was what upset me when I found out after. It looked good to have a child that wasn't all there. And that that was that was the sentence that was given to me when he was released for the second time from the same club, the same team. Um, and it was it just looked good for us to have a child that just wasn't all there. They said that. And I, yeah, yeah. And I was absolutely mortified. I, I, well, no, I'll be honest. Mortified isn't the right word. Really, really angry. Angry. Oh, yeah, upset. Um, to be honest, I wanted to go and rip somebody's head off because yeah. I was like, so my child was a showcase for your club 
and your team. My child was that mm. showcase for that. And then when it's all gone wrong and the parents again have said, yeah. you're too dangerous, he's a safeguarding issue. That was the other thing, he was a safeguarding issue. And he was banned from playing for that club. And he didn't play football for three years. He didn't pick a ball up. He didn't put a pair of gloves on. He didn't even watch football for three years. Now, he did He did go to other football. Um, he was scouted in between all this. He was scouted for bigger teams, done fantastically well, but then obviously let go because his ADHD got in the way. And and I get that. And I understand that. I, I when when you say bigger, sorry, Debbie, when you say bigger teams, obviously I'm not saying you have to uh, name them, but what, what level are we talking? Um, championship level, premiership level. Um, these clubs are big clubs that yeah. come for him and yeah. they come literally for him. Um, the first club was a premiership level club and a very, 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 at the time, very big club. Joe was seven, um, a, a very, very big club. And he was seven and there was they, they did the goalkeeping and they did almost like a trial night. And I think there was 20-something, all ranging. Joe was the youngest at seven. And I think it skipped then to 12, right through to 15. Mm. And out of all of the kids that were there, my son was the only one that got through. So his ability was there. Yeah. They saw the ability. They saw the everything. They had him at their training grounds. They had him at the the, the development centres um, doing everything. You know, we were there week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out. And he had one week where his ADHD was not great. He hadn't been put on the right meds because, again, it's a cocktail of yeah. medication. It's a... a a big thing, medication, it, finding the right one. It's not a one, it's not no. a paracetamol. One doesn't suit all, it's all different. And um, they kind of said, you know, listen, we need to kind of let him go. Um, just this ADHD is getting in the way. Um, they, they actually said that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, we're going back nearly 10 years now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. like, we, we, you know, I, I'm, I've spoken to, a lot of um, academies about, you know, mental health in, in young young footballers. And I've also spoke to a lot of parents as well, like yourself. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to one parent that that, that had two lads at a, uh, um, this is not, this is recent. We're not talking 10 years ago. This is fairly yeah. recent. And, and, and they, they, they got let go, you know, because of their ADHD. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, in fairness to a lot of clubs, I think they don't understand it. So I think what they'll see is a, a, a boy or a girl of a whatever age being disruptive, not listening, you know, been away with fairies. And those are maybe the reasons why, you know, a, a lot of them are getting, you know, cause I, I think, I, I honestly think, I, I hope that today's where we are today, no club would let anyone go because of ADHD. But I think that might be me by naive, but I think because they don't understand it, Debbie, they, they, oh, it's disruptive. You don't listen. She's kicking off. And, and like I've said to a lot, lot of academies over the last couple of months, those clubs at all levels that embrace and understand neurodiversity will, over the next two to five years, attract and retain the best talent. Yeah. Yeah, 110% agree. I mean, 
Joe, like I say, Joe is a goalkeeper. So it's a very different, I do like and goalkeeping is a very, very different position to yeah. everything else. And I think the minute you mention ADHD, so I can't possibly be a goalkeeper then because he can't focus. He can't just, well, actually, funnily enough, goalkeeper, being a goalkeeper is probably the best position for a child with ADHD because what comes along with ADHD is hyper-focus. I've yeah. touched on before. So they hyper-focus. So being in that thing, the, the good commanders, they are yeah. really good commanders, but they hyper-focus. They can read a game. They can see everything that's mm. coming. Yeah, and, literally. And, yeah, you know, it's a brilliant, a brilliant position for it, I believe, for an ADHD. Um, but also, like, you know, so Joe got, got released from there. The ADHD was getting in the way. Um, kind of got it to a point because yeah. medication wasn't great. So they were like, give him 10, 12 months, um, see if we can get this. We'll keep our eye on him. And to be fair, they were very, very true to the word. Yeah, good. They kept their eye on him. Um, they were there pretty much most of the games. You know, he'd come and talk to me. Um, you know, I knew the guy. That's he was brilliant. very he was very good. His his communication was brilliant with us. Um, he was so he was so good, and he'd keep an eye on him. And he's like, you know what? He's only just getting better. He's he's just getting yeah. every time I come and see him, he's getting better. And you know, I leave it a few weeks and I come and see him, he's, he's even better. Yeah. Um, but we were just really struggling with medication and to get the right the right set of medication. But yeah. then came the thing that he then got released from the team. Um. He went, sorry, no, yeah, he, he went into to there um, and then he went to his boyhood club um, who released him by mistake. So that was a bit of a shame. Um, by the Just talk us through that story then, because I know you told me, didn't you? What, what happened yeah. with that? He literally went, um, again, picked up playing football. They were like, who is this keeper? Where's he come from? He'd literally come from nowhere. Um, and... I mean, I've I've spoke to Joe, just just getting off piece a second. I have spoke to Joe and asked him, because obviously I, I would ask, I, to get some footage of him actually playing. Yeah. So people can see that kids with neurodiversity yeah. are actually really good players. So if I can get some, if he ever, because yeah. he plays for quite a good team. So he's, he's, he's busy, but he's not as busy as he'd probably like to be. Yeah. But he's good that he's not. Um, so I said, if I can get some footage, I'd send that over yeah, to yeah. you. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Just as a visual for people to see yeah. that actually kids can do this and yeah. you know they can Definitely. be good at it. Um so yeah, so we went to his, his um to the club, to the club, was picked up, went to the club. Um he was in, in a group <laughs> and literally, you know, they kind of let him go, naturally let them go. Yeah. And they called him over and they, they they were like, Yeah, you know, and there was two lads of the same name there, and they released the wrong one. And unfortunately, that was my lad. But by this point, it crippled him, absolutely crippled him. And he just wouldn't, he wouldn't go back. They come back for him the week after when they realised the mistake. Right. They come back, but he, he said, no, I don't want to do it anymore. And then another very local club to us come for him. He did about two weeks and said, it's not for me. I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't. My head's not in it. it, it that, that club that released him by mistake completely broke him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I spoke to a parent of someone that had been in an academy uh, about last month and she said he he played for a very, very prominent Premier League team 
Yeah. And then we're, we're Yorkshire based, so it wasn't in Yorkshire, but it, it, anyway. Yeah. And then another club, and he got released, which happens, you know, that's not, that's yeah. just the, the unfortunate part of being an academy footballer, aren't you? You know, you, you're on a conveyor belt and you're only on that conveyor belt until someone better comes along. That's how it is. Anyway, yeah. he got released and he spent three weeks in washing basket after school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that the the club were wrong to let him go or that's happens that is like just uh, just an example of how these things you know do crush the young the young people. But the parents said to me said said we were all devastated. So it wasn't just her lad. It yeah. was all of them, you know how it affects them all and stuff. So I I think like I spoke to her and and, I, and I've heard this so many times that like like Joe they drop out of academy football and then the way for them is then naturally back into grassroots, isn't it? But they can be so crushed by the experience that they they, they give up, some of them give up altogether. And I think there's like an element of PTSD in there. And it's something that we want to look at and and, and try and see, because, you know, that is when you have, I'm I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but PTSD is like, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. Something really bad has happened to you yeah. and it's caused this thing. And I, I think there's certainly an element there of, and I'm not criticising football. It, that's, that, that is what it is, isn't it? So it's a shame. Like, like you, like you've just said, you're not criticising football. I think I'm not criticising football. I'm not criticising the clubs. Obviously, that wouldn't be, yeah. you know, thing. But I think sometimes the way they deal with these kids mm. is, it can be a bit difficult, and 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 I get it's difficult for them, but sometimes it can be brutal. Like yeah. it's not that was brutal what happened to Joe, and that yeah. really did completely finish him. And like I say, after that he didn't play for three years. He he went back to the team mm. that he played for. Um, they released him due to his problems, and he was um he did he didn't he didn't put a glove on and nothing for for three years. He didn't touch it, didn't talk about it, didn't anything, nothing for mm. three years. Um, he's still <laughs> he's actually still on a ban from the local club um so we, if an opposition comes up that is based in that club for him now because he plays again now he's gone back and you know he's in he's in a lovely team now he was in a, a lovely team before that unfortunately folded he's in a fantastic team now in quite a, a decent level as well um, but if the opposition comes up to play at that club, we have to get um, clearance for him to go and play there now. And we're talking 10 years. This has been going on for like such a long time. And I think now the chairman has actually gone. So I'm hoping that things might change. Mm. But this is how people hold on to issues. Instead of seeing that he's developed, He's, he's, his mindset is totally different. He's developed, he's, he's, he's worked so hard on himself to regulate everything. Mm. And he's now back in. Um, I mean, he went to one club prior to playing back full time. He had a bit of it to do with the ref. The ref had called a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. We all knew it wasn't a penalty. Mm. Joe kind of blew up like a bottle of pot. The ref was like, he did swear. Yeah. The ref said, what did you just say to me? And he went, nothing. And they pulled him off. The, the manager pulled yeah. him off. And on the sidelines in front of everybody said, 
you will never play football for me again. And he, he didn't obviously he didn't play play for him ever again. Didn't play for him. Played three games. Did, but he said did, the man, did the manager know what Joe was living with? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's going to go on to like my next question then. Which, what kind of support do you think had been most helpful for children with neurodiverse conditions? So, what sort of kind of support would be helpful for them, both on and off the pitch? I think, I mean. My my take on support for kids with ADHD, well, any neuro, mm. you know, issue, uh, there isn't enough anyway. Mm. I don't think there would ever be enough mm. because they need so much. Um, but I honestly do. I live by a saying, for every ignorant person, that is a portal for education. So for every person that is ignorant... It is a, a chance and a portal for us that are not ignorant to educate. And I think there has to be a massive push on education. It's all well and good using, you know, ADHD, AS. I mean, ADHD is autism's poorer cousin. I always say that because right. autism kind of gets that a lot. And ADHD is kind of the naughty, the and I call it the naughty boy condition because, you know, People accept that ASD affects girls, but they don't. And, you know, ASD affects girls and boys. They don't accept that ADHD affects girls and boys. Mm. It's not talked well. about as much, is it? No, no. So ADHD is very much um, just the naughty, the naughty boy kind of mm. problem. You know, it's a problem that lies at the parents' door. Um, it's the parents' fault the kids are like this. It's, it's you know, when I, I hear that a lot, it's because you're a single parent, I hear a lot. Um, you know, well, for some of the time, I wasn't. So, you mm. know, it, it doesn't work. That that, that mm. falls down straight away, regardless, anyway. I, I was a single parent kid. So, yeah. you know, that, that's got... I was, I no, was. Nothing to do with anything. No, absolutely not. So I just feel as though I think, you know, a lot of clubs like the idea and like the the words, um, you know, ADHD, neurodiversity, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing the other. We've got this, a lot of it is looked on percentages of how many children they've got that are neurodiverse diverse or how many kids they've got that are this or they've got an ability, all ability matters team. What they haven't got is any education, any knowledge, anything in place. They've got absolutely no um no sense around anything. They just they just there's nothing. There's nothing. So what if if you could if you, if you could sort of wave a magic wand then? Um and obviously, you know, things like this always go down to one thing, which is money, isn't it? And what money. do you and what and what what can be afforded to be done? So without going like, you know, let's have protective booths for everyone. You know, you know, if, yeah. you could, if you could wave a magic wand, you know, what what support do you think we could be working towards as a grassroots family? I think every club, every club needs a um we've every club's got a respect officer every club's got a welfare officer every club's got a secretary a treasurer safeguarding, yeah. yeah safeguarding all that nobody's got a mental health first aider no nobody's got a mental health officer and nobody's got a mental health representative 
at the side of that pitch at every single game. If you've got a child in your team with neurodiverse conditions or some kind, it doesn't have to be ADHD, autism, it can be depression. Joe suffers depression, he suffers anxiety, he struggles. Nobody's got one of them. And I have fought and fought and fought with my local FA for 10 years to get somewhere and I'm getting nothing. I also wondered whether, well, I, I, I put forward the um, the idea of maybe children that do struggle to maybe have, I don't know, not to single them out, but for mm. a child that they has got, like Joe's got Tourette's or ADHD and I run it past Joe, said, how would you feel about it? And he's like, well, maybe people would understand if they saw mm. it. You know, like under 18s, where yeah. under 18s ref armbands. Yeah. Maybe a child that's got some yeah. kind of neurodiverse condition, yeah. Yeah. either an armband or just a, a little nick on the jaw or something, yeah. so the ref knows, the yeah. parents kind of know, yeah. and, and, and even the kids, because kids are so more open to it now. Yes, and yes. They, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I agree. I agree. I do think that there needs to, but I got nothing from the local FA, absolutely nothing. I was just told no. It's funny, you know? it's like, it, it's as if I primed you before this conversation, <laughs> but like I, I say to people, I say, if I've got a safeguarding concern in my club, I know where to go. If I've got a mental health concern, I have not got a clue. And, yeah. and with that, we have, we've, we're, we're going to start a campaign with our, our county FA partners to um, push for at least one person in every grassroots club to be mental health first aid trained. And what yeah. we've done is we've um, contacted, you know, first aid training providers, mental health first aid training providers. And, you know, you, you were looking at between two and four hundred pounds and two yeah. days. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, as a grassroots myself, I know that I ain't got two days and yeah. I know that my club hasn't got two to four hundred pounds. So what yeah. we've done here is we've worked with our training trainers and we've distilled mental health first aid training, the, the, the level one, into three hours online. Yeah. yeah. And, and to make it simple. So like I have to do my safeguarding training every year and all the other yeah. stuff. This can be something that, you know, we, we, we push for just what, you know, to start with just one person at the club. Then you know, and and for thirty six quid and two out three hours it is, and the the response we've had from the county FA partners has been amazing. So we're going to try and mobilise that, Debbie, and 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 I and I totally get you that with that, and I completely agree. So how do you think like parents and coaches of other children can be educated and sensitised about neurodiversity to create a more inclusive and supportive environment on match days and such like? I think, to be honest, I, I think the biggest thing just comes down to education. I, I really do. I think a lot of it yeah. comes down to education. I think, you know, I could stand, sit here and and scream and shout and bang and stamp my feet as much as I want. God knows I've done it. You know, when I've, I've been that parent whose child's kicking mm. off and I've got to listen to all that. I had it in the schoolyard. I had it with mm. the mainstream schools. And, you know, it is everywhere the ignorance is everywhere and although people go oh yeah I know about ADHD I, you just no idea no mm. idea about it and I think it would be helpful to have a parent's kind of mental health you know not mm. necessarily anybody that's particularly 
you know, affiliated with the, the club, so to mm. speak, in terms of, you know, but I think maybe just like it, you know, because normally a respect, a respect officer is one of the parents. They get thrown the respect mm. bib, and it used to be me. You get thrown the respect yeah. bib, and you have to kind of, you know, deal like deal with whatever. I think maybe the the clubs need to come in and say, do you know what? Because I'd quite happily spend thirty six pound, mm. to do, you know, to do yeah. that and, and yeah. to do. I think you know, it is. It's it's all boils down to education. But for me, it boils down to the fact that people have to want to do it. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're finding a lot, I find a lot, that people don't want, they, they don't want to. They yeah, don't I, want I think so. I agree yeah. with you that. And I, and I think, you know, again, in, in I understand people are time poor, you know, it, we, we, we're in a cost of living crisis at minute. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think I put an email out. I only know one person who the cost of living crisis haven't, hasn't affected yeah. And he's rich. You yeah. know, everyone else, I don't know anyone else that is not concerned about the bills, the mortgage, yeah. you know, the, the, the electricity, the gas, you know, we, we are, it's all in us, you know, it's all there, isn't it, in us heads and stuff. So yeah. I get the point that people think, oh, I'm busy, I ain't got time. But, you know, I think I did I did this this level one, but I did it online, you know, so I could practice what I preach and stuff. And it was brilliant. I learned so much. And it don't make me a psychologist. It don't make me be able to diagnose someone, and that's what not you want. But it enables me to understand, look yeah. at signs, and be able to signpost. And it's and it's yeah. and it's also, it's it's interesting. It's educational, like you say. And 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 I think that, you know, the ideal situation for me would be this coming down as a directive from the very top of football yeah. like yeah. safeguarding has. Yeah. And unfortunately, the terrible things happened, which cause the amazing safeguarding protocols we have yeah. i don't want us to get to a point where something terrible happens in mental health and they go right now you've got to do it so yeah. i think it's a conversation we want to have at the very top and it's something we're working on prevention is better than cure isn't it yeah. and that's what we need to be looking at and i think you know the only other way i can kind of look at it it kind of trying to bring it in that doesn't make a big cost to everybody like you know to everybody else you know, you've got a, a load, hundreds, thousands of parents out there like like me, like yourself, mm. that have got yeah. children that have got these conditions, that are knowledgeable, that do know. And, and my idea towards my local FA was, listen, I'm not asking you for anything. I'm literally asking you and some of your managers for an hour, half an hour, an hour of your time to listen to somebody who has been so desperate and in a situation that I have been in with with my children to understand, you know, what what we're going through and how yeah. you can help as a, a, a collective. You know, I'm not asking you to give me anything. I'm not asking you for any money. I'm not asking you for anything, you know, and I'd, I'd happily, you know, put my own money to stuff if mm. it meant that my son could play football. And I was just literally, no, what do you know? Well, actually, funnily enough, I'll have a lot more than you do. Please. Well, I live with it. Yeah, I live with it. I know more than most. Twice over because both of my boys yeah. are in the same position. Harvey's the other way. He can't get a club because of his ADHD. Straight away, point blank, no, you're not good enough. See you later. Because of his conditions, he can't get a club. And because of his... um his brother's reputation, and I don't like yeah. that word, but his brother's yeah. reputation proceeds yeah. Harvey 
and they 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 draw a red flag the minute Harvey's comes up. You know, and it's 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 hard. It's difficult. He's mm. desperate to play. He can't play. No one will take him. And, so, the, and the one will. There's no room. Yeah. So when you said like you went to you know your county FA and you said this is what I want to do. You want a forum, right? Use this then. So use this now to 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 explain to people. You know, give us a sense of maybe what 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 everyone on the sideline needs would ideally do if they see you know a, a young player boy girl you know any of any age express you know expressing you know signs that are not the norm what what would you yeah. say i mean firstly be kind yeah is is my is 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 the one you know to be honest firstly you need to be kind and you need to maybe you know if you see it and you don't think somebody else has seen it, like somebody of a coach or a manager yeah. or even a parent of that child on that team, go and just alert the coach. Don't shout there and go, such a body's kicking off again or such a body doesn't mm. look right. But yeah. go yeah. kindly, nicely, slowly, Calmly. you know, and alert somebody. Be, be, you know, think of, I try to think of these children as like, and this is not the best analogy, but as, as somebody with, with dementia, you wouldn't stand there and scream at an old person no. yeah. because they, they, they're wefting, because you've got respect for that old yeah. person yeah. because they're older than you. Yeah. Well, yeah. these kids deserve that level of respect. All kids do, all kids yeah. do. But these children deserve that level of respect. And I think mm. personally, these parents and coaches, they need to be educated. They need to be aware. But mostly they do need to be kind and not yeah. judgmental. They really do. Judgmental. And they need to understand. And if they can't, and I'll be blunt as much as to say, if they can't understand it, they need to stay away because they actually can make it more difficult. I like the parent that stands there screaming at the child because the child isn't doing what they think they should be doing. Yeah, that yeah. overminds, you know, we, we all know them parents, you know, that yeah. overminds, you yeah. know, parents that are need to stay away from the game. Yeah. And I'm afraid parents that, are, that, you know, don't get it, they need to stay away from the game. But I think as a volunteer, I understand, like you say, we're time poor, mm. but, at the same time, if you want to do this, you go in it knowing it's going to take mm. a lot of your time. It does. Yeah. But if you want to do it, you need to do it, you know, wholeheartedly. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so I just want the FAs to understand that these kids deserve just like any other. Yeah. Yeah, well, they do. So a couple of, couple of questions in here, just a bit of like, Gives this picture. So, can you share any strategies or techniques that you've been particularly helpful for your sons in managing their, you know, their 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 conditions while participating in football? You know, what 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 techniques have been particularly helpful to them to help manage what they're living with while they're playing? So basically, I live by three. There's three three steps I use now. Um. Quite a few years ago, actually, and I'll just put it in before I answer that. Quite a few years ago, I did a documentary on TV and it's, yeah, it's called Violent Child, Desperate Parents. You've probably heard of it. It's a bit of what's it, but I, I did it a few years ago. What was um, it on? It was on Channel 5, but now it's shown on really. 
but you you will you will find it you will find yeah, it I'm sure look, yeah. or red is it red quest red or something but something it is like it, that, yeah. yeah it is shown i think it was series four or five episode one but you'll see it anyway because it's joe it says it's joe and debbie you'll see it anyway um and she taught me three things that i'd actually taken to football yeah. with me and they are um ignore and distract if possible obviously you know try and distract from from whatever um praise the positives works brilliantly within football because especially with a keeper if he's done something that and it's slipped to goal it's like yeah but what about that one you saved before try and distract from the fact mm. that that's gone in and and point on the fact of the good ones that he's done yeah. and just take just take a step back because sometimes I noticed when when kids are kicking off and they're really, you know, because Joe's kickoffs are huge, yeah. well, huge. The first thing for everybody to do was swamp in on him. Yeah. We all know when we're feeling a little bit agitated and a little, the last thing you want is yeah. to feel like a cornered, yeah. a cornered rat almost. Yeah. And that's what people were doing because they thought they were helping everybody, you know, keeping him safe, everybody else safe from yeah. him. That he actually felt, I think he he likened himself at one point to um, you know, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. On the Hannibal Lecter with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. How he he said that's how he felt. Yeah. That was it was on tally and he was sat in this cage and and it you know there was people he says that's how I felt, Mum. That's how I felt. He says when everybody's around me all the time. He says sometimes I just need to walk away. Mm -hmm. And be on my own. And one of the one of them was so it was praise, ignore and distract, praise the positives, and take a step back. And those so, three things happened and ha helped massively. So ignore and distract. So when you say I get the I get the distract bit, what do you, what mm -hmm. do you mean by the ignore bit? What are we ignoring? So, so if it's, if there's a kickoff, if they're kicking off, you're not necessarily ignoring it, but you're not. You know, the first thing a lot of people say is. Stop kicking off. Stop doing that. Yeah. What are you doing that for? Stop. Stop it. Don't, ignore that fact that it's kicking off. Yeah. You know, and and what is you know, and just say, yeah. come on, mate. Just you know, yeah, yeah. don't don't sit don't sit there saying what are you kicking off for? Yeah, Why are yeah. you doing that? What what's the problem? Just yeah. don't even allude to the fact yeah. that he's. The just thing is, as well, also, if you are, you're spotlighting them, aren't you, as well? Exactly. You know, and that's the thing that, they, that I said there, I know the kid, but I'm just talking about generally. Yeah. It's like anything, very few of us anyway like the spotlight on us, do we? So then if you're, you know, alerting everyone to the fact that that behaviour is not correct, then again, it's like everyone's looking at me, I look stupid, I look thick, they all think I'm this, they all think I'm that, where that quiet little word, like you've said, which look, here, mate, just, you know, everything all right, just just yeah. try and try and let it go, try and let it yeah. go. Then it's that one-to-one -one time that even if it's just, I'm just thinking out loud now, in, in your, let's say your Joe's perspective and I'm the coach, you know, I could just walk around to, back at goal and speak to him while rest carrying on, couldn't I? Things like that. Yeah. That's exactly, do you know, even now at 15, 16, under, under, under 16s now, that's exactly what we do. We have, I have um, a fantastic little group of, I mean, the club that he's gone to are absolutely amazing, but I have yeah. a little group of parents that have come with us from the old club and some of them even played with him when he was at the height of his kickoff. Yeah. So they've seen him, you know, yeah. come from this, this little boy that you know yeah. smashed all his hands up to this. Well, I mean, he's six foot two now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, you know, 
this lad that that's and and they'll all tell you absolutely and he, I know he's my son, but he is a great kid. He is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But they've seen him come up to to this, you know, almost magnificent thing in the in the box or you know yeah. almost in the nets and 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 these do say to me regularly at games they're like I can't get over what he yeah. is now to you know and that's because I've Im- implemented everything and I've tried and and the, the club that he was with before this one took on some yeah. of my you know yeah. things yeah. and me yeah. and this club that he's at now have that they're, they're a much bigger club that he's at now but they've still listened and they still yeah. wanted to know. And but I have a lovely group of parents, and one of the parents in particular, Joe, absolutely loves. And he will actually walk round, and he's he's very old school actually. Yeah. He'll, but he'll walk round and he'll talk to him, and yeah. he'll say to him, "Come on now, Joe, let's just call me." And hmm. you know what is is there a problem? What's what's worrying hmm. you, mate? And uh, it, it can be something is with Joe, and you you know if you've got children that are ASD or, or you know diverse in any way it can be something as simple as a label on his top mm. or his socks aren't even on his legs mm. so because these socks don't sit even he can feel the difference yeah. and I get that because I'm like that with my jeans if I roll my jeans up at the bottom they've got to be level mm. because if one ankle's colder than the other I can't yeah, deal with yeah. it yeah <laughs> but it's even that it's even the yeah. feel of the 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 kits, because yeah. the kits feel different. So when yeah, you have yeah. new kits at the beginning of the season, one child might not like the material, especially if they're ASD and mm. they've got processed sensory as well, because my youngest has. So they, they won't like the feel of the material. So then you, they, that could be, you know, antagonising a, a thing inside. It could be anything, yeah. absolutely anything. I think um, like, and people see it. It goes down to education as well. And, and like, you know... It, it is difficult to know everything about everything, isn't it? It is, you know, and, 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 you know, from your perspective, you're living it and you've had to get to know everything about everything, haven't you? Yeah. To be able to manage your life, your boys' lives, you know, everything. I, I think, like, you know, from a coach myself, it is difficult. It is difficult. You know, you've got, you might have 20 odd kids, 20 odd lads, 20 odd girls of all whatever age group you're looking at. And you've all, you've got to try and give them all equal time, equal game time, equal head time, you know, and, and it is difficult. It is. And 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 I get that, you know, no one's ever going to know as much as you about your child. But it just, the little things you've said just then, you know, about, and I just think if, if one person listens to this and thinks, I'm just going to next time not be kind and not be as judgmental. And, yeah. and if you if you just step back a bit instead of like diving in on someone in your head or literally verbally or, you know, you know, hear people having a little comment. And I think well, there's no need for it. Just live and let live. And, and, yeah. and, and, I, and I get that, you know, on the football pitch, if you see, you know, players fighting or kicking off with each other, you know, everyone goes, oh, stop it, stop it. You don't want that. I, I think, you know, it, 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 and I get that that's going to cause some people and a lot of us, you know, if someone's fighting, you don't want to see that. But if if someone is, is you know, presenting some behaviour and it's to themselves, if you know what I mean, try and think why. Yeah. Yeah, Joseph once had a situation where he was in the goal. 
he, he wasn't having the best. They weren't having the best game anyway. It, both sides weren't having the best game. Mm. A goal had come in. He would normally have saved it. He didn't save it. He absolutely lost it, completely lost it. And he stood there and he was, and he was hitting himself. Yeah. And one of the parents, and this is another one that stood with me, one of the parents from the opposite team just turned, didn't realise, obviously, he was my son at that mm. time, just turned and went, is that child psycho or what? And I was just like, wow. And at that point, I was like, I can see why you think that, and yeah. I do totally get it, I do totally understand, yeah. but maybe that comment should have stayed in there, yeah. whether you yeah. thought it, whatever. Yeah. So I just turned to him and said, actually, I said, excuse me, I said, that's my son. Mm. I said, he's not a psycho. I said, he's, he's, he's dealing with a lot of problems right now. I said, and um, kind of at the, the stage as well where me and his dad had separated, yeah. so it was all happening for yeah, him. Yeah. Um, well, that's another thing that's that's going to be that he's going to be dealing with, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And I just said he's dealing with a lot of things right now. I said, and things that you know were beyond anybody's control. I said he does suffer with a lot of problems. I said, and obviously for whatever reason, this game isn't great either sides. Mm. I said, and they, they're all kind of they all seem to be struggling that yeah. day. Um, and he, he just turned to me and he went, well, he says, I don't think I'm happy that he's playing. Um, he says, I think you need to take him off. And I said, well, can I ask why? He says, well, that, I don't, I don't like to see that. And I said, and you think I do? I said, but if I take him off, I guarantee you'll be 10 times harder. I said, let me just go and talk to him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just I asked the ref. And that's the, that's another thing as well. Referees have to be aware. Yeah, because yeah. as referees aren't, the referees must be made aware. And also, I know there's a rule of, of, of entering the field of play, but sometimes the parents have just got to get in there as well. Mm. You know, it, it is, you know, all due respect to the coaches and things like that. Sometimes the parents have just got to, be allowed to enter and you know sometimes that child just needs mm. the mum or the dad yeah. and and they just need to you know just settle them but yeah so I just I just entered I asked I asked the ref and I just went and spoke to him calmed him down and, and he was fine for the rest of the game so but, do you think do you think it'd be worth then you know and, and I'm gonna now put this back on you or yeah. parents or carers of people living with neuro conditions shall we say do you think it'd be a good idea then if if you know parents like yourself communicated i'm not saying you don't do this but let's say some don't communicate with the club communicate with the coaches and then even communicate with the referee before the game just to explain that's my lad that's my lass this is what might happen because of this I'm giving you the heads up. If this happens, it's not that he's a psycho or awful words like that, which I don't even, I shouldn't, I hate using words like that, but that person used it to you. This is the reason, and this is how I can help you. Would that be a good idea? Because personally, as a coach, I'd love that. Yes, yeah, absolutely, 110%. However, I do do that. And it took me a long time to, I'll be honest, not so much now with Joe, because Joe is, is, a lot better mm. now. He's kind of 15, coming into 16. Um, he will actually take it upon himself to speak to the ref Brilliant. and say, "I've, I've, I'd, I'm so, I'd, I might swear." Is Tourette's actually is more of an issue than anything else at the mm. minute? Um, and he, he takes it upon himself to, and he'll say to the ref, "I might swear 
Um, I don't mean it. Sometimes it happens. I might go yeah. a bit thick, he says, but sometimes it just happens. I can't help it. I've got to, I'm a Tourette sufferer. And the referee's like, nice one, mate. Shakes his hand. You know, the thing is now, Joseph's so well known because he's played for so long that the refs mm. tend to do the same yeah. thing. So they know him. But he will get, if it's a ref he doesn't know, he will go and... Himself. If he doesn't or he doesn't feel comfortable, he'll he'll ask the coach to just can you speak to the yeah. ref for me? So I've always put the onus on the coaches for a while till I realized it wasn't being done. So I did it myself then. Yeah. But I've also feel like I've got to re- give the reins to Joe to also yeah, take that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's taking ownership as well, isn't he? He's taking ownership of himself yeah. and he's and he's it to me. He is is confident to say this is me. Yeah, yeah. This might yeah. happen. I don't, you know, I don't mean it. This is what I'm living with. I'm not a bad lad. I'm not. I'm not a sweat, you know. But yeah. you know, however, my condition does sometimes lead me to do this. I wanted to give yeah. you a heads up, and that just gives that person, that referee, that couple of seconds to go swear it. Oh. You know, and I'm just thinking as, as you're talking to me now, Debbie, I'm just thinking like, I don't know, some clubs might do this, but when you sign on, you know, I, I think it'd be great if there's there's something on there that, that asks parents or carers if the child, the player, not just children, but, you know, player is living with any condition. Yeah, and I think we, like as a, as a coach we, myself. Do you do that? Well, as a coach myself, I'm thinking before a game, you know, you know, not, not the, the day of the game, but prior to it, the week, week up to the game we, you know I'll communicate with the opposition coach send him the our details where excuse me where we play you know what the field is etc yep. you know it could be worth if if in, in in advance you know coaches are communicating with you so you say look yeah we have a couple of couple of players who are you know who are, new, who are living or a neuro or you know if that's a yep. term that everyone's yep. happy to use and and if this happens it's not a it's not an ill-behaved child that's kicking off. It is a, you know, and I think yeah. then it'll stop, it'll stop coaches going, oh, you know, it'll just, right, yeah. I understand it now. And then the coach can tell the ref and the ref can then not be looking out for that kid. But if things happen, the, 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 it gives everyone a second or two to just step back and go, ah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this was my kind of argument again with the local FA um, over like the the armbands and things like you know things like that and I said because I said about you know can you not like when when you you're playing like whoever Joe Joe play I use Joe obviously as my child but when Joe's playing can you not can the 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 manager the coach not send over like a list Mm. doesn't have to be names just numbers one Mm. one to whatever and say number one um you know does have you know, even just mental health issues or MI mm. or something, mm. just so that uh, opposition are aware yeah. that there yeah. is a yeah. problem. I, I think that would be a good idea. I think it is. But they, they said to me that that could possibly be a breach of GDPR. But so, it's, only a bre- it's only a breach of GDPR if you are not allowing them to share that information. Exactly. So I said, well, why don't we then come up with something where everybody's happy? So parents primarily, kids, if they're old enough, parents primarily, coaches, clubs, whatever, are happy for all the all the information to be to be shared in that way. You're not saying you're going to share it with Tim down the road. Do you know mm. what I mean? You're just sharing it 
it's vital information that needs sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, in in my line of work, I need to know exactly what is wrong with whoever comes through my door. Mm. That is not, uh, you know, a, a, a breach of GDPR. That's actually enabling me to do my job properly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, yeah. my if I didn't know what was wrong with some of the people that I work with, I could end up in quite some nasty situations so it's you know it's knowing and you need to know i think um, though if you flip it though debbie you said you need to know for your sake yeah i think if you flip it with the players we're safeguarding them better well exactly exactly yeah exactly and you know if if and then if if the opposition player kind of says you know, because there's there's all opposition parents. There's always one parent that has to go and mingle in, and and you know, well, what's up with such a body, or look, watch out for him, or yeah. whatever, or what's up with him? Because I've, I've we've had it before. What's up with with the keeper or whatever? The coach can then turn around and go, mm. I've I've got it. It's under control. Yeah, don't you worry know, about it. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, and and then it's done with. You know, it kind of prepares the 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 parents coming in, giving it large over. So one of the the keeper kicking off because the manager's like, yeah, I already know about it. Yeah, you don't yeah. need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do. So we'll, just to, we'll, I've got a couple more questions just to conclude. So briefly, then, what advice would you give to other parents of players with neurodiverse conditions who are facing similar challenges in grassroots football? First and foremost, be very open, be very honest and don't be ashamed because that is another thing. A lot of parents are very ashamed that their children aren't so-called perfect. You know what they are, um, but 110%, nobody can help you or your child if you are not honest. So it all starts with honesty. So as, as a parent, you need you need to be very open and honest. You need to be you know, share the good with the bad and yeah. the and the ugly as well because it is ugly as well at times. Yeah. Um, but that's and just just remember as well as a parent, you're not on your own at yeah. all. You're not share it with other parents. Share that you've got a child that's neurodiverse that they've they've got these issues that they've got. You know, not necessarily saying walk up to go. Hey, my name's Debbie and Joe's got. But, you know, if he, if he does start, like, if he has in the past, when he's, you know, and I'm just like, oh, you know, he's off again, like, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Blah, blah. And the, the conversation actually naturally progresses. Yeah. And what you'll find is people are actually quite interested yeah. and they are interested in how they can help you because yeah. until they've been face-to-face -face or so close with people, we're almost like um, in a zoo. Like, that's yeah. how we feel sometimes. People are like, yeah. really? So how do you deal with that? They're actually interested mm. Because even this day and age, what, 2023, people are still so ignorant yeah. to it and blind to it. They don't understand it. So the more open, the more free, the more you can, you know, you can spread that. Yeah. With other people, coaches, clubs, parents, parents in particular, I think, because there's a big hole in yeah. parental education. Um, you honestly will find that the, the, the so it, it, they're accepting of it. They're accepting of it. So, so put put the onus on yourself to yeah. to to educate yeah. to educate, and that's yeah. what you're talking about. The old line I keep hearing here, and I totally agree with you, is educate. So, as yeah. a parent, carer, someone living with someone who's neuros, will say, 
put the onus on yourself to educate. Yes. Would that be right? Yeah, 100%. Brilliant. Open and free with it because it's not a shameful thing. It's not, you know, it's not a pitiful thing because people go, Oh, I'm sorry. I hear that a lot as well. Yeah. Oh, you've got your hands full, haven't you, with two of them? Oh, I am sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. Like, you know, they, they are, they are the, the brilliant yeah. kids. Um, you know, but the more open you can be, you'll find people are actually interested and want to yeah. learn about it. And actually, will then probably send people to places like yeah. this. Yeah. to podcasts like this and really. to websites like yours to to learn even more and be more interested in it um but i just think as a whole grassroots football needs to accept that these the the, the rise in children being diagnosed is huge it's going and it's going it's only going one way isn't it debbie it is, it is yeah yeah and i think you know grassroots football and and you know not not just football but life in general has to understand that these these kids are coming through thick and fast. And one in, I read yesterday one in five people now who are living with neurodiversity. So yeah. just just as you've just touched on that final question, then what steps do you think can be taken at a broader level beyond just football to raise awareness about neurodiversity and support people? with neurodiverse conditions in all areas of life so what can what can we do as a as a a buff you know what can we do we need to stop being blind to it (laughs) it's used i do hear a lot of oh it's all right it's adhd when he isn't we need to be sensible with it we need to use it appropriately a lot of people don't it's used inappropriately sometimes um in the wider world, I see it a lot. I see it a lot in education. Um, you know, oh, it's all right, it's ADHD, we're doing that. You know, a lot of people think it's good to have a label of ADHD. Mm. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. You know, my lads mm. are my lads, that's how yeah. they are. They but are I think, they are. Yeah, they are what they are. But I think we need, again, I'm going to say it again, more education. Um, you know, people need to listen more. You can't teach those who don't want to be taught. So we need to try and open it up and people are scared of it. Make it a less scary situation, a less scary subject. Allow people in to see. It needs more um, visibility, to be honest. I think a lot of of these, um, I mean, the saying is what, not all disabilities are visible. While mental health isn't visible and you wouldn't know. I mean, I sit here now talking to you as an ADHD, ASD diagnosed suffer it and I, I also suffer chronic mental health I do mm. my mental health is can be yeah. shot and that's been bought on by you yeah. know some of, of what I've gone through yeah yeah you know and, and obviously other stuff but you know I I sit here talking to you you know now as somebody that I'm not just sitting here you know giving it that I understand yeah. I do from a personal point of view you know I have um, fibromyalgia that's invisible you know, a lot. The problem with this this country in general is, if your legs aren't hanging off or your arms aren't hanging on, they can't see it. It doesn't yeah. exist. It's not. It's not a problem, is it? Yeah. 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 It's out of sight, out of mind. And I think in the wider world, completely, um, out of football, everywhere, schools, mainstream schools need more education, mm. and you need to understand it yeah. more. Um, yeah. but in the wider world, it is literally just as much education as you can get out there as much visibility as you can give can give it because it's not visible you know the more you can give it the better for for the kids growing up because these kids have got to grow up 
and they've got to grow up and become functioning adults mm-hmm. and, you know, like like you and I um you know and and I want my children to be able to do that even though they are neurodiverse I want mm-hmm. them to feel free to be able to do that in a world yeah. that understands and hopefully you know we we will be on the right track it's going to yeah. take time but people like you doing this just you know it just adds to the the momentum of of getting people to understand it doesn't it but it's not people like me doing this it's people like you doing this debbie and you sharing and you ed- you educating and you being open and honest and and letting people in to what you know you, you're living with and what your boys are living with so all i've done is sat here and listened and it's been brilliant and i feel privileged and thank you so much for this and and, and i think you, you as you finish there I think a line I would like to take from this is let's make the invisible visible. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. We have a big war to fight, a big war to fight in terms of mental health. And Mm. you know what? We can win every battle and we, you know, we will. And I I say it all the time with my boys. I may have won that battle, but I won't win the war. war, And we need more people to to you know join forces yeah. and, and move forward be with open it. and talk yeah yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the only thing that I can say is that as a parent you know if you you feel alone or you feel you because you do at times you feel like you're the only one going yeah. through it you know and like Harvey's struggling to get a team and whatever and you know he, we we do train um the boys do actually extra goalkeeping training I think I said to you mm. me a big yeah. bit on it and, yeah. you know you do that absolutely love it there's nothing there's all goalkeepers there's no what's it from any of the the, yeah. the coaches or anything it's absolutely brilliant it's lovely Arvi is loving it and he's actually coming on load so I'm hoping come next season there might be somewhere yeah. for him to go um you know he's got that that bit more confidence in himself but again that's 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 another thing that they need confidence because yeah. they have ripped out of him yeah. um but I think, yeah, as, as, a, as a parent, like, just just understand you're not on your own because yeah. you're not really, although it feels it sometimes, you're not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, th- there's there's plenty of, of people out there to help. And, you know, like you say, hopefully we can we can put it out there and, you know, these kids will grow up in a world Brilliant. that accepts them for what they are. Brilliant. Debbie, thanks so much. Really, really appreciate it. It's been a privilege listening to you, and I'm so honoured that you've, talk to me and shared all this and like I say if this one person listens to this and just is a bit more kinder and a bit less judgmental then we've done his job yeah 100%, 100%. thanks so much I really thank appreciate you. it Dev McGough thank you thank you take care